Hello everyone and welcome back to Andy Hamilton's video game podcast, where me, Andy Hamilton, is going to talk about video games, but not on my own, I've brought people with me, so don't worry. I, I am joined again by my co-host in crime, Nick, who is here, and I have also brought along this time uh, freelancer extraordinaire and yet another Dreamcast man um, to on the podcast, um, Alan Wen. How you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, you're the second guest and the second Dreamcast fan. So you've started. Well, the trend has begun, and now I don't feel I can break it. Is I need to test everyone. Like whenever they come on, just like first of all, I need to know your stance on the Dreamcast before we go any further. But you already passed that test. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the the reason why I've got these two people here today is because this podcast was slightly delayed. We were going to record at the weekend as normal, but this weekend the Street Fighter Six beta went live, and needless to say, I was going to talk about that next time I had the chance to record. And needless to say. Nick was going really, to he was going to talk about it next time mm. we recorded too. And to be honest, next time me and Alan, whether we were recording or spoke to each other in person or on the internet, we were probably going to talk about the Street Fighter 6 beta. So I decided to pull an audible and um, delay the recording of the podcast until after the beta so everyone could play as much of it as humanly possible, which I believe we all did <laughs> mm. over the yeah. weekend. More than I expected. <laughs> Yeah, more than least. Well, there you go. Um, just so we've got as much data as possible to give to you guys today. But um, just a quick one before we um, do dive into the Street Fighter thing, which is probably going to take up the most of this. Um, did anyone get that um, questionnaire last week about Legacy of Kane? Out of no, interest? I didn't. I heard about it, but then... Right, yeah. so... I must have signed up for some tedious thing in the past with um, Embracer Group or whoever it is that owns it because I got I got the email through to the link to an um, questionnaire about it and at first it was the usual marketing stuff like when you hear Legacy of Kane what genres do you think of what themes do you think of and it was like you know brutal gothic brooding and you choose three words and stuff like that. By the end of it, it is fully in the camp of like, you know, what what would your reaction be if there was a sequel? What would your reaction be if there was a remake? Which game would you like to see remade? Would you like to see it be a fresh start or would you like to see it be a continuation of the games that are on there? Fully just asking blatant questions about like, like do you want to see more of it? And I was just like... Look, I know Embrace a group of one of the multiple evil powers currently in the game industry who are just buying up everything, so there'll be nothing else left apart from these three conglomerates. But if they're going to bring back Legacy of Kane, I'm not against it. <laughs> so be it. Mm. Sounds like if they're only just asking questions now, though, that could be a long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. They, they, they probably even have put pen to paper on, like, a design document. But, yeah, when I got that, I was just like, yeah, okay. Someone has mentioned Legacy of Kane in 2022. That's more than I expected. That'll do me. Like that's that's enough to keep me going for now. I mean, anyway. I mentioned I mentioned it in 2022 because I interviewed Sam Barlow, who told me about oh, how yeah, of course. how that yeah. game he was like the Kane sequel he made got shit canned. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah, I was, I was chatting to someone about that. I was like, I know someone who was like literally working on a Legacy of Kane game, and it fully ended up in the bin. Um, 
But yeah, no, I'm I'm very interested to see what they do of it. I think they'll probably remake one. That seems to be the easiest thing to do these days because you're already if you remake something, it already trades on the fact that there is an existing fan base. And the, I mean, like the the two that you'd look at to remake are obviously the original um, Legacy of Kane game, which was basically a Zelda game, to- totally top down. You know, go to the dungeon, get the cool power up that power-up lets you find the next dungeon, repeat until you've done it. That would obviously lend itself to... I mean, it was top-down 2D. You know, it could do with... Anything would be a remake of it, basically. Um, And obviously, as much as I was playing Soul Reaver recently, and it's still really, really good, you do sort of forget that, like... Like the Dreamcast version doesn't have like camera controls because it's the Dreamcast. And, you know, it only had one analog stick. And like the PS2 version, I don't think does either. I, I was I was playing the Dreamcast version, so I can't remember. But like, even that genre, you know, the sort of action platformer, you know, adventure game, like you you could, even if you just change the controls in a slight way, it would be exponentially better. So I can see them remaking one of those two. Oh, they did actually ask the question as well: Who do you prefer, Kane or Raziel? So that was a tough one. Hmm. That's Kane, surely. I said Kane. I'm a gentleman, so are you. But there's going to be a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, but Raziel with the face thing. And I I, I won't lie, when I ticked Kane, I was like, no, he's my favourite. But I did, when not the fact that I didn't tick Raziel, I did feel a little bit of like, oh, I did hurt to not do that. But yeah, it doesn't mean we don't like him. It just means yeah, it's, you know, it's he's Kane. not the favourite. Yeah, it's Kane. And I was sort of trying to explain to people, I was like, the cool thing about it is, it, they, I don't. I'm not sure if they can do a continuation because of how the series ended, but I'd mark out. So I just put down like, yeah, fuck it, same characters, the same timeline. Let's do this. Let's go crazy. Let's see a proper sequel because a, a fresh reboot would be cool. I'm not going to turn my nose about anything at this point. I'll be honest. I'm desperate for it. But um, the idea of them being like an actual continuity, I I don't know. There's something always about that where it's the original dudes who. I always make always like that. Like um, the um best example I can give you for that, where I got like way excited about the fact that it was the original dude, is um, in Killer Instinct when they did the Ki two characters because Killer Instinct two set you know dinosaur times or whatever. Maya, they were like, oh Maya is like the blood descendant of this person from thousands of years ago. And I was like, all right, cool. It's a bit of a cop-out, but I see. And with Tusk, they were like, it's the same guy. He's immortal. And I was like, yes! <laughs> That's the coolest thing ever! <laughs> so I absolutely love that. Right, let's do some fucking Street Fighter chat. Um, mm. Yeah, so this weekend, Street Fighter Six beta, it was a closed beta, and they seemed to actually stick by that. You know what it's like when they say closed beta, and then there's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in there. It did seem... Like you did see a lot of the same people. Like it did seem like it was genuinely closed. And um, Friday, there were a few teething troubles. First thing, so I got up at eight a.m. I got up at the crack of dawn to play it, and I got about three hours in, and then the servers went down. And then they were up and down a little bit until like mid afternoon Friday. And after that, they were pretty much good to go. Mm. I didn't have any problems from that point onwards. So I played a lot of it. I don't know about you guys. How how much do you reckon you put in? But you, Alan? I, I was mostly... I was there in the morning because I got a few hours in before the servers kicked down. But then yeah. 
I have mostly because I had other stuff to do as well. So I was like mostly in the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Mm. That's how how I did it. And I clocked up, checked my profile. I think I clocked up about over fifteen hours by the end of it. I was over. I was over an entire day. <laughs> I did twenty four yeah. hours over the over the period. Well, you Nick, because you were on a lot. Like I was, I, I was I, up when I, I could be. I, I I think I managed probably about between twelve and fifteen hours. I can't remember now. It yeah. was it was ev- every spare moment. Like all of a sudden. You know when you have a free weekend and then people start throwing things at you. By the way, we're mm. doing this. By, by the way, we're doing this. And I was like, please no, please. <laughs> I just want to play Street Fighter for God's sake. It's interesting that you say that. That kind of like every free moment, the way that you can dip into it. So the way that the beta was presented is there's three modes in Street Fighter Six. There's the uh, battlegrounds or whatever it's called, um, fighting grounds. Sorry. Uh, there's the world tour mode, which we haven't really seen like properly yet. Um, the fighting grounds is kind of like your training mode and like your basic arcade ladder and whatnot. And the world tour mode is the sort of much uh, talked about open world mode that we haven't properly had our hands on yet. But the um, the battle hub is what the beta was based at the end. And the battle hub is essentially a big open lobby that's like an arcade. You make an avatar, you go into the lobby, and you sit by an arcade cabinet and people can challenge you. Um, and I'll be honest, I knew it'd be a cool idea because I've seen it in other games like the Arc System Works games. And I always thought it was a cool idea in those. It just didn't, wasn't really executed particularly well. So I kind of always knew if they get the execution right, it will be cool. But for me, I always thought, yeah, it's going to be cute for like 10 minutes, but eventually I'm just going to want to sit in training mode with ranked matchmaking going. I don't see myself ever really playing this ever. Um, because on Street Fighter Five, if I want to play ranked, <coughs> I go into training mode, I tell it to find ranked matches, and it finds ranked matches. And if I want to play casuals, I go into training mode and I tell it to find casual matches. With this, the amount of fun I had just being in those lobbies, kind of pissing around, and just like you can just dip into it, sit at a cabinet, see what happens and all that kind of thing, I can see it replacing casual matchmaking for me completely. If I want to play ranked, I'll probably still do the ranked training mode thing because you kind of come in fresh. It's like warm-ups, basically. But um, if I want to play casuals, what's the point in just sitting in training mode waiting for casual matches that mean nothing when you can go into this world of Street Fighter and mess around in the lobbies of all this like weird, weird comedy stuff? I thought that was pretty cool about it. Yeah. And then, and then, it's like discovering all these little like things you could go with like emotes, and then oh, turn yeah, out yeah. then you could got the emotes whether you could actually just do like shoryukens or spinning bird kicks. Yeah, 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 you could use uh, a spinning bird kick to like travel across yeah. things. No, so, I started yeah. using a spinning bird kick to, when I got salty after the end of the match. Like, <laughs> so GG if it's like spinning bird kick away. He's like, yeah. The good thing is you, you kept discovering things in the immediate area as well. Like there was random. I did. Someone pointed out to me day two. By the way, there's arcade machines at the back. You can go play Final mm. Fight. And I was like, I didn't even see that. I finished two of the three uh, games that were on the arcade cabinet. They, ch- they changed them at midnight every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On so on day one, it was Final Fight. So I went up there and I thought, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fucking finish Final Fight just to see if anything happens. So I just played through Final Fight. And on day two, it was Magic Sword. And Magic yeah. Sword is a sick game. It's really, really good. So I played through Magic Sword, did all 50 towers. It took me like an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> like all this time, I could have been playing the Street Fighter of six beta, but I was just like, I'm just going to finish Magic Sword. Played Magic Sword, and then um, at midnight on the final day, I kind of predicted this, that they put up um, Super Turbo. But the thing about it is they, the version of Super Turbo they put up is the um, it was the American release. And the American release infamously has a bug in it, which means that the difficulty settings don't work, and it's locked to the hardest difficulty. 
Uh, and I thought, I'm going to just try to see if I can do it. But it's, imp- it's, it's basically, it's almost impossible. The AI just reads everything that you do. It's absolutely savage. But yeah, they, they changed it every day. I didn't check last night, and I'm a bit, I'm a bit annoyed at myself. I, I think it was still Super Turbo. I, I think it was as well. I seem to remember that it might have been Super Turbo on the screens, but I just wondered if they changed it for something for like that final block, but be unlikely. Yeah. But they're going to put like Strider on that at some point. I'm going to be like, mm. man, I'm going to play some fucking Strider. I mean, I, know I could play yeah. Strider on anything in my house, <laughs> but I just like the, the gimmick. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But like, did you try the extreme battle stuff? Because I, I, I went in once. Like That looked pretty quiet, but that's like, a, it's a nice little thing. It's not really for me, but it's kind of nice yeah i tried it a couple of times by accident basically um so it quickly it quickly became clear that most people who were in the closed beta were up for fighting rather than trying the extreme battle mode so what you could do with the extreme battle mode is if you found a quiet lobby you could just sit in the corner on the extreme battle mode things and you could still sit in training mode while you were waiting so it became like basically there was like an unwritten rule of the beta, which is if you see someone sat on their own on the extreme battle mode, just fucking leave them be. They're probably in training mode, just doing some stuff. But occasionally someone would be like, "Yeah, all right, I'll come in." Now, eventually, I just got sick of it. So what I ended up doing is like, I had like I was I was watching pretty much a stream the whole time of someone playing six. Basically, I had like a stream on here, the game on there, pretty much solidly for the entire weekend because I was trying to learn stuff. Um, and if if I got put into that, I played a few of them. Like I played the one with the bull, and I played the one with the way the, the seesaw thing, which I think has the bull in it as well. And I played the one with the uh, where you've got to do certain things. And that one actually had a really cool gimmick in it, where it's like throw them, get a hard knockdown. But one of them was you had to do an um, uh, a drive impact clash. So instead of trying to fight against each other to get these objectives done, we suddenly had to stop and work together because then we'd both score points. And mm. so it, so it's full of cool ideas. Again, like Alan said, it's not for me. But So I played a few of them when people came in, but by the end of it, I would just sit there in training mode. And if suddenly someone joined me in Extreme Battle, I just went and got myself a drink or like had a piss or something. I just used that as a bit of time to do something else while and just let let them win because I was just like, just hurry up and fucking do this. And then I went back to it a bit later, like or just like I just just went. All right, fine. I just put a stream on for a bit and just watch that while someone kicked my ass on the other screen. I wasn't yeah, even I, paying I, attention. I think I witnessed this because I saw you on the cabinet and I went to the challenge <laughs> and I was like, all right, Andy's not there. Fuck think, off, you did. I thought, I thought, oh, I've pissed him off. He's not playing. Damn. <laughs> I was probably, I probably went for a piss. It was probably like, yeah, all right, fine. All right, whatever. I'm just going to go for a drink. Yeah, so I did that like a few yeah. times. Um, but um, no, extreme mode was all right. Like, I guess the thing which, um, I mean, I'm going to mention this in a bit more detail on like later, but. The, game's re- the game is clearly very, very good, and the stuff that we've already seen is clearly very, very cool, even if it's not for everyone. It's very it's cool that it's there. And we haven't seen two full modes yet. Okay, so I'm not going to ask you for this now or anything like that, but think of a score that you would give the Street Fighter Five, sorry, Street Fighter Six, as it currently stands in your head. Out of five, right, you think of that score. It's not going to get any worse, is it? Oh, no, see, I, I, in my head, I just want to go give it a five. Fuck it, it's it's great. It's one of the best games I've ever played. I feel like I feel like the straight up front runner. 
that's that's it. Yeah, most people have come out of the beta now. Everyone's had like proper hands on with the systems and stuff. And most people are like, game's good, game's really good. Cool yeah. modes, even. And I've actually, I've spoke to a, peop- a lot of people who aren't in our camp, where regardless of our varying levels of ability, we all kind of know what we're doing on Street Fighter. I would say, like, we all kind of know. You know, we've watched people play it. We know what high level play looks like. We know what low level play looks like. Taking our <laughs> taking our individual skill levels out of it at the minute, we all kind of understand Street Fighter. I know people who got into the beta who don't. Right? They just want to mess around with it, and even they were like, "I had a great time playing people. It all made sense." I, re- you know, because I was sort of saying to them like, "It's really complicated. There's loads of stuff you have to constantly think of," mm. and they were like, "Yeah, but it's all explained mm. really well." Yeah. And that like, seems to be the difference. Yeah, explained well. Like, and also the training mode, you can like, I think it's like you've got different things you can program yeah. to like learn to counter against, or the fact that it actually shows you the frame data, like, and yeah. visualize yeah. it all out. It's just like, wow, this is it's stuff that people. Say that. This is stuff that people will actually have to like hack, do hacks <laughs> yeah. and graphs of themselves. And now it's like, no, it's just right here. <laughs> Every well, like frame. The word that you said there is 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 the problem in other games you said program the cool thing about street fighter 6 is yeah if you're like me you can program character to do x move so you can practice x setup and whatever and play the training mode normally but um in previous street fighter games if you want to train anti-airs you've got to tell the dummy to jump and set it and stuff like that in this one you literally go into a menu and choose yep. practice anti-airs and the game goes right i'll set it up for you um, so there's a lot of really smart stuff like that in it, um, where it just it does it all for you. Um, but yeah, be- because of that, I, I just saw a, a real breadth of people from loads of different abilities and backgrounds playing six and all saying the same thing, which is like, yeah, it's it's about as good as it gets. Like in terms of what we want when you go into playing a fighting game, it's it's ticked all the boxes. And this is before we've even seen two mm. full modes, like like. The way I'm looking at it is it's already, in my mind, scoring a very high score. And it's not like adding a massive open-world game to it is going to make mm. it worse. Like, <laughs> I'd like to think that that mode isn't so bad it detriments from my score. Like, it's probably going to be pretty good, right? So it's, it's, it's categorically only going to get better. They're going to add more characters. Hopefully, they're all good. And they're going to add more modes that mm. are hopefully good. What? <laughs> like that seems mad. Did anyone like did you guys play the Street yeah. Fighter 5 beta? It's fucking mm-hmm. it was in bits. Like Vega had an infinite. <laughs> like it was it was knackered. Yeah. I, I remember like I remember getting excited about playing five and at the time thinking, oh this is great. Because you're playing a new Street Fighter, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, yeah. But mm. I don't know. I, I feel like if I'm looking if in retrospect now I'm looking back on it, I'm like, oh it wasn't so good, was it? I've had this now, and this just feels complete. Like, <laughs> and it was not even complete, if that makes sense. No. It's a complete game that's not complete. I mean, yeah, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I played Five without that much of a reference because I only got back into games around literally like a couple of years before that. So I wasn't really there for four and stuff. Sure. So in this, my mind, it was like, oh, just think of solid fighting game mechanics. That was, I thought, was great. So mm. then, yeah, when you kind of realise there's not a whole lot there, especially if you forked out fifty pounds for it, mm. you kind of think, yeah, you kind of want a bit more. And then when the story mail arrived, it was like, oh, this is shit. <laughs> yeah, 
The um, it's interesting that you say that because I don't think it's just Street Fighter fans who need to be looking at what what we've seen so far with Street Fighter Six. Um, if you're the people making Tekken Eight right now, if you're Namco, I mean they've only shown what like a bit of a cutscene, basically that sort of hinted at gameplay elements, but didn't really show anything proper. There were no health bars, no one, you know, there was nothing that you could nail your, you know, really nail down as this is really gameplay, even if it probably was in engine at the very least. But like, you've got to look at the quality of life stuff, the presentation, the way that it's been announced, the way that it's been received, the, um, sheer amount of goodwill that's going around with Street Fighter 6. If you're making Tekken 8, if you don't have at least half of that stuff in your game, you're going to look behind the curve massively, regardless regardless of the fact that Tekken 8 will probably visually be better because it's next-gen exclusive, well, current-gen exclusive, whereas Street Fighter 6 is still coming out on PS4 mm-hmm. and stuff. So, like, Tekken 8 is probably going to be visually far superior but you've got to have all of that stuff, I think, now. I think that, like, it kind of... It's heralded in the sort of, like, the next generation of fighting games properly. It's not next-gen because it looks better. It's next-gen because we can now do all of this stuff. Fucking... i tell you what. This ended up annoying me by the end of it. So, I'm playing Nick, right? And this is what happens when me and Nick play Street Fighter. We have a match. One of us wins. And you quickly get on WhatsApp and you tell him he's a dickhead, right? Or whatever. Like, okay. Or nice move. Or that was cool. Or whatever, right? And that's what happens. You haven't got time anymore to do that. It's so quick. And that's like, you know, obviously it's because of like the process of, you know, the power of the machine plus the SSD and stuff like that. But like, I was playing on PS5 and the speed it rematches you. I was like... It's it's even quicker if you're playing like local... Like it's just lit instant. So I played one local match, one local match. So a mate of mine came over because his housemate <laughs> was still at home, and he knows that he gets salty. So he was like, "I can't be sat at my house in my flat shouting at my computer while my <laughs> flatmate's in." So he came in, and he was sat at a table over there with his laptop, with Street Fighter Six <laughs> running on his PC playing the beta. Um, getting just shouting at the screen the whole time. <laughs> but one of the things that we did is we went into training mode quick, and I just went like, "Here, you play on pad." Gave him the pad, and we set all of the um, the energy bars to act as if it was a real match. And we managed to get in like two rounds before someone joined, and then he went back to playing it. But we actually played like oh, a local nice. game, which I thought was wow. quite fun. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. But no, it's so quick. I can't. I can't believe. It, yeah, and obviously, yeah. When 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 we do see like the the battle hub or no, sorry, the battlegrounds, fighting grounds, fucking fighting hell, ground. whatever it's called, <laughs> that thing, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be well fast, mm. well quick, which is um, you know, obviously good. Have you played? Te- the reason why I don't play much Tekken Seven online is like, it's a nightmare. Have you tried? Have you seen Tekken Seven online? After every match, Tekken's a fast-paced game. After every match, you have to load so, the whole thing again. Street Fighter Five as well. It's just the whole thing's just slow as fuck. Five yeah. is a little bit quicker because you can skip outros now. They patched in the ability to like press start and skip it, but you right. can't do that with Tekken. It loads. Oh, you know, you got a problem when again. the loading is quicker than the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. Well, the match is quicker. Be with no, yeah, you know what I mean. The match is quicker than the loading. Yeah. 
Um, so an- another thing that I really liked about it, which is um, something that like Alan can attest to, we kind of discussed this before we got started. Um, in those lobbies, I mean, this might not be the case when the full game comes out, but in these lobbies, you've got all these people with their custom avatars, which is a whole different fucking conversation. The avatars, <laughs> right? But Curse, man. <laughs> yeah, some of them were horrendous. I just, look, here's my defense on mine. I wanted it to partly look like me, but partly look noticeable across the room so people who came in the lobby could see. The reason why I kept clocking your two is because your Alan's looked like a fucking anime protagonist, and Nick's <laughs> literally looked like Nick. <laughs> so, so you would walk into it and just be like, yeah. well, so like me, on, me, on, <laughs> me on steroids, basically. Well, look, well, look I, have, I haven't put yeah. my peer product on, but normally I do actually have spiky hair. That is true. It's very easy for me. I don't have to sit in the character creator long because, like, Spiky Asian characters is a pretty much a preset in. It's usually, <laughs> especially in a Capcom game, yeah, Monster yeah. Hunter, you just go, ah, there's me. Um, whereas it's, we always joke about that of um, me and Nick's mutual friend Pete. That he's, you know, he's just like a sort of like six, six foot bored white guy. He's like, and, he, and he likes wrestling, so whenever he buys a wrestling game, he just goes at the character creator and goes, done, <laughs> and that, that's it. Um, but um, yeah, the, it, it, the character creation is a, a whole, whole, whole different thing altogether. But um, what I found amazing is that because it was only that mode in the beta, everyone was forced into these servers. Now, content creation is way bigger now than it was when Street Fighter Five came out. Street Fighter Five was obviously a big deal, content creation. We, we, we're still talking about, what, seven, eight years ago. But you know, a lot has changed in there. And now, so I interviewed Max. He's a good example. I interviewed Maximilian in 2015, right? And it was as easy as going up to him when he was there at Capcom Cup because I was there covering it, and just going, "Hey, do you want to have a chat after at the after party for half an hour? I'll, I'll just need to record it and you know use some parts of it." That's probably impossible now because he's gone from. Whatever his numbers were back then, which was significantly lower, over the over the course of Street Fighter V's life to like you know a million subscribers or whatever it is that he's got, he's a massive deal. He's been streaming all weekend. He was just in the lobbies, like his fans could see him playing games and stuff like that, and and fight him. And it was probably really annoying for him a lot of the time. But even on like a lower like a lower level of that like a lot of the sort of UK fighting game community were in the European servers and you could just see these like top players like, you, like Alan you played Problem X I played Problem X yeah I mean it's I mean obviously it's a closed server so uh, closed beta so yeah. there are less people but you can imagine like massive people crowding around like the big pros like in the yeah. normal game but the fact that you can actually just queue up and like yeah have a round give them a go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was really cool I mean like I say the, the pros come the full release We'll probably lock it down because top players want to play top players. They don't just want to play scrubs all the time. But if you're a content creator and you've got a community and you want to kind of do like a community night or something like that, you can just go sit on a cabinet in it and people will just be able to come up to you. And I know, it, again, it sounds silly, but for all of the people who care about what Ryu's getting up to next week and how the Dark Hado came to be, <laughs> there is a completely other side of fighting games, which is literally standing next to someone in a chip shop fighting them. And that's that's it, and it seems to have brought that back big time. That you can like kind of go in and go, 
there's that guy's good. And the fact it like tells people like, oh, this guy's on a winning streak. And I didn't realize this as well, but when mm. someone is on a winning streak, mm. the cabinet lights up. <clears throat> oh, like the actual top of the cabinet lights up. So if you if you see someone battering someone like, and they're like ten nil up, you can go up to that cabinet and then sit in line and go, I'll fucking give him a game. And then if you break the win streak, it comes up on the screen saying that the win streak ended. I should imagine that, that happened with me quite a lot because yeah. uh, most of most of my. Uh, <laughs> strings of fights that I had ended with me losing most of them so but I'll take it it's fine I was uh, you know I had a good I had a good few like winning winning streaks because the very last one I just found a I found a jury scrub and I thought you know I'm going to sit here and wait and see and wait and see who like who taps who taps out first who and then I got 10 games and then they got me and I was like okay fine I'll I'll bow out now good game (laughs) Yeah, GG. The thing I found, as I say, it was yeah. most randos that I fought over the weekend, I, I, I beat handily. I, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I feel good. But any time I got into a lobby with like you, Andy, or Gary, or Sam, it was just loss after loss after loss. Um, <laughs> I, was glad, I was glad I got a couple wins off you, Andy, and then, and then I guess you got progressively better. because then yeah, the next We need to talk, talk about this, actually, Alan. So uh, me and Alan played a set quite early on and um i think i beat him 5-1 in the set you know casual first to five and you know he did fair and square beat me in that one which which one do you reckon he uploaded the win. to the internet yeah? win. <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely free of context i was just like bastard posted the one where he battered me <laughs> of course of course that's how that's how these edits work exactly yeah it's very 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 convenient bit of editing but yeah no, i try i try to do that with problem x as well but now all, all i would do was show the one where i got close <laughs> I yeah I got close as well, but um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Reversal, who are a very good fighting game channel for anyone who's listening, well well worth your time following. They um they managed to get a bunch of people together last night um via the medium of Discord and communication options, and just managed to get a bunch of top players to sit in the same lobby, and then they had someone spectate and they ran the game. On their YouTube, ch- sorry, on their Twitch channel with commentary. So you basically got to see some sets. And the first set that I watched was, which which was the first set they ran, was um, Problem X versus mm. Big Bird. And it was yeah. Problem X with yeah. Ryu and Big Bird um, with Ken. And it was a first to seven, and it went to the final game. It was six all. You yeah, know, it went right down to the wire. And yeah, I just, watched that. Yeah, even <sighs> even three days in. Like some of the stuff that both of those players was doing, that like it was it was ludicrous, absolutely insane. Like um, Big Bird was doing like uh, loops with one Ken's new kick move in the corner and stuff, what the Jinrai, and it's just like that's that the, the execution requirements on that within three days. I couldn't believe what I was. That's seeing. really hard so, with the Jinrai. Like I, I, I spent most of the beta using Ken because out of all the characters so far, he's the one I like the most. I think. Um, it, so yeah, you got. I, I, if you do the Jinrai kick, the medium Jinrai kick, you can mm. follow that up with a with a with a one of three different moves. You got obviously the low, which does the quick tap kick. Uh, I think the medium does the overhead, and then uh, hard kick does the, the, like uh, also an immediate follow up, but with a slightly uh, a slightly smaller, a slightly larger delay. Um, I think mainly used for I don't know. Getting getting distance between you, yeah. uh, the two characters, um, and <clears throat> I started 
initially using the overhead to try and catch people. Because what people tend to do when you hit them with the first one, they, they turtle up. Nine times out of ten people turtle up. Yep. So the overhead normally catches them out, and then you can go into another low medium, into another gin right, and try and go like that. But people quickly started learning and interrupting that. So I had to sort of switch it up and use the, the lower one to try and catch people out instead. Yeah. There, there's a, there was a lot of that baked in to the systems now. There was a lot of characters who, instead of having really hard-to-do combos, they yeah. it sounds blasphemous, but it has, it, there was a lot more focus on like target combos, which is a bit Mortal Kombat-y. In fact, the whole thing was very Mortal kombat Not in terms of how it played, but the way that the systems worked, it felt very Mortal Kombat. A lot of it was like hit, into target combo, into special move. That's your mm. combo. It had like a clear structure to it. But um I think the drive like, impact as well was like a combo opener. Wow. Well, the drive impact. <laughs> let's let's <clears throat> talk about that. So split it's it sp- great. <laughs> see, this is the thing, is it split it's split opinion, right? I've seen a lot of people complaining about drive impact because it's it doesn't use a lot of your meter. And it's a very safe option at all times. So when you're playing a sort of like scrub player, for lack of a better word, the classic thing that would always happen is they would find something that works a lot and kind of captures, you know, easy to do, low risk. And historically, it was always the classic invincible wake-up dragon punch. You, the good player, would attack the scrub player. You would knock them down multiple times. And every time they would do the Invincible Dragon Punch on Wake Up because if you're getting cocky and want to just like style on them, it'll catch you off by, you know, catch you know catch you off guard and get them something out of the match. <laughs> Obviously, if you know they're going to do it, you can bait it out and kill them. That seems to be the case here. It's just that part at the end, the bait it out and kill them, is a lot harder to do. So the drive impact is basically like a kind of armoured punch that goes through every single attack, right? And if it hits you, it causes like a, a stun state where, you know, the, the person can do some, basically do a combo on you. It it's it only uses like one pip of your meter. The meter is super important in Street Fighter Six. Meter management is very, very important because if you run out of meter, you go into this burnout state where you're basically doomed, <clears throat> which, again, we'll get onto in a bit. But the drive impact, you can just do it whenever you want. So... I tend to find that the drive in wake up drive impact or just use drive impact as a kind of free get out card, uh, get out of jail free card seems to be the thing at the minute. Now, what this has meant is at the higher level of play, they're already figuring out tactics because they know they're going to have to deal with it. At the low level of play, it acts as a great equalizer because it beats almost, it's one move that you can do, it beats everything. And even if they block it, it just resets the situation to, <coughs> to a neutral state. So, unlike the classic EX Dragon Punch, which if you miss it means you die. In the, if you if you do a drive rush and they block it, that's it. You know, it's just they block it and it's back to sort of square one. It's it's it, you know it's quite quite good for that for resetting the situation. But there's a sort of thing around the middle pack of players, players who aren't shit but aren't the best players in the world who are like complaining about it because it's very easily abusable. And honestly, all I can think of is just like not being funny, but if problem X is saying like, this is cool, then who the fuck are you silver rank to be complaining about it? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I mean, it can, it can be, just, ca- it can be counted. It can be counted. It can be counted so, really easily. Yeah. And you know what? I'm fucking nearly 40 and my reactions are shot. And even I was able to like react to a lot of them. 
like on walk up, walk up throw or walk up throw. Yeah, walk mm. throw. It's yeah. it's weak to throws. But <laughs> the um the the only legitimate complaint I can see was something I saw towards the end of day three, which is and again you didn't see this at low level and you didn't see it at high level because high level the play that we saw on that reversal screen was insanely good, but in that mid pack of players who were like decent trying to get better. There was quite a lot of moments where the match would just turn into a bit of a staring competition because everyone was super gun shy because they knew if they throw a punch, they have a personal drive reversal because you, sorry, drive impact because you can just hit it on a, on a button. And then the other person is, you start second guessing yourself because you're like, well, I'm not going to hit a button because I know that they're going to drive, drive impact me. But also I know that if they drive impact me, I've got to be ready to do it back so I can counter it or parry it. So it, it caused a little bit of uh, hesitation in the in the mid ranks. I found um, so I, I I can see why some people didn't like it. That it was just it was you can you can abuse it. You can just do it whenever you want. Um, I, I think I my favorite, sorry, carry on. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite part is that you can block it, but you'll get pushed back. But if you get pushed back into the wall, then you get stunned. Yeah, oh, it's so death. Get, it's death. It's death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And also, I've got to say, Capcom's um, uh, definition of the corner is quite its quite big. <laughs> you can get knocked mm. back from miles with it. Um, I didn't mind that too much, because I, like I like the mind game of that, because um, so, mutual, mutual friend of ours, Gary, he's super predictable with how he uses it. Right, but I was just being too shit at reacting to it. So every time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I knew that was coming," but my, I'm just old, um, and I, I can see a lot of people getting frustrated with that. But I instantly was just like, "Well, no, that's on me," because I I knew it was coming. I could see it coming a mile off. He does it after the same combo every time. I'm just shit. <laughs> so and I know that sometimes having to come to terms with that sucks, but. I don't know. Every time I've seen someone complain, like some streamer complaining about it, I've just looked at how they were playing and just gone like, oh, there's like a million things you can do there. And yeah, it is going to catch some people sleeping sometimes, and it is going to catch out people and act as a great equalizer. But Street Fighter's always had that. How many times have you been playing fucking Street Fighter Five, like season two against a Urian who had an unreactable crouching medium kick that he could confirm into his... Aegis Reflector. You're like, you're playing the best neutral street fighter of your life, playing super honest, da, 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 chopping away at them. And then this Urian, who's just no idea what he's doing, just does down a medium kick. You forget to block it because, you know, you, you know you're not expected to block everything. And bang, you're in the mixer and you lose 80% of your health and then have to guess for game. That's always been in Street Fighter. What's the, what you know, like Street Fighter's never been, fair. if you want a fair game, there's a million other fighting games out there that are far. If you want a fair game, go play fucking footsies. You know what I mean? Like that that, that exists. It's really good. But um, Street Fighter has always had mad stuff. I think the only issue I have with Drive Impact is because it's so good and so cheap to use. And by cheap, I don't mean bad. I mean as in resources. It doesn't cost much to use. It made a lot of matches sort of turn into a bit of like. Basically, a Mexican standoff. You're both holding a gun at each other. It's like, who's going to drive impact first? And I thought yeah. that that potentially, like, they, they might they might need to fudge the numbers a little bit there to figure out how to yeah. fix I that. wonder. I wonder if they'll. Ch I wonder if they will change it so that it's like two bars. Well, I one. think that's going to oh. happen. I think that there's going to be a number change on it. I imagine that you're right there. I think that's what's going to happen. I personally, the way I. 
the way I would do it is keep it the same because it's obviously a very important mechanic. They obviously are nailing their colours to it, so you know it's, it's maybe it does need to be used more. But I think if you use it and it's blocked, it costs more because if you've got me in the corner and I know that you're going to try and drive rush me into the corner and cause that stun state, but I just think fuck it, I'm just going to drive rush just to push you back. You know how it pushes you back to like a neutral state. I think that the, the trade-off should be if you use it to push the person back so you can kind of buy yourself some breathing space, you can do that whenever you want, but if they block it, it costs more. Uh, actually, the drive, drive rush is a separate mechanic. Drive rush, one, I keep getting them wrong. That, yeah, drive, yeah, impact, that drive one, rush is sick. Yeah, yeah. Drive, I, know, I couldn't get drive rush to work properly. Uh, it's very me, difficult. I, yeah. yeah. And it costs three. Oh, sorry, just drive cancelling. Sorry, it yeah, costs three, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I've only been, I can only get working with parry cancelling, so I couldn't get the cancelling out. I was actually more the opposite. I could get it to work with the... Um, but I was I was chatting to someone this morning about this. So the, the one that I was quite good at is uh, I was playing as Kimberly, and she's got a standing medium kick that's a really good poke, and it's really easy. <laughs> the game's really easy to hit confirming. Um, and so whenever I would see it hit, I would confirm it into the drive rush. And I realised after one day of playing it, I was like, why am I... Because I was chatting to some mates who were struggling with it. I was like, why am I quite good? at hit confirming that standing medium kick into a dash forward. And then it hit me. That's all you do when you play Abel in Street Fighter 4, is you're constantly looking to confirm step kick into the dash. And I was like, it's the same input. I've been doing this for fucking 10 years. Like, <laughs> like I know exactly what I'm doing here. I've been like, literally been doing this for, well, 15 years now. I've been pra- doing step kick into a dash. So I straight away was like, oh, actually, maybe that's why. Like, I might have a little bit more of a leg up on it because i've got a bit of legacy skill in there on it but um no the drive impact has definitely split opinion i'm mostly on the side of fuck it let it rock i like games to be a little bit wild a little bit wild west and you know that people can make big comebacks from someone getting overconfident i like it but i can see why people are the people who are salty about it fuck them like you know I, i think it's funny but um i can see potentially it making matches a bit boring sometimes because people are going to be too scared to go forward so that's what i'm worried yeah. about i mean i haven't seen i haven't seen that happen i've seen people where they try and spam it or like yeah it's yeah. all like you know it's coming then they still spam it and then it's like you should have known how to block it or when yeah, you yeah prepare yeah. for it so it's kind of it is kind of like on you if you don't kind of adapt to it and i would say the one thing that I haven't quite figured out is I think I've heard someone else that like it takes free it can absorb free hits. It can. Or, I think it's free hits. So free I hits. so like something like Chun Li's spinning bird kick or lightning legs yeah, should well, be able to do it. Sometimes it gets it, sometimes it doesn't. So it may be where you're using the overdrive version or not. Maybe. So this is one of the reasons that because you did that quite a lot to me when we were playing is I think one of the reasons why people were saying Chun Li's one of the better characters in the beta. Is because even though tier lists oh, yeah, and no one, I, no one was no one was playing her. She's, she's, like I, I'd one, I'd one chunk. I think I'd one or two. I, did, I didn't play many because she's she's one of the harder characters to use. But when you got it to like a decent level, you could do some real stuff with her because she can either parry the drive rush, drive rush. Sorry, parry the drive impact, drive impact it back, which is the two ways to deal with it. She could throw it standard you know another way of dealing with it but unlike a lot of the other characters she could also on reaction do lightning legs or if she was already holding down back do um spinning bird kick and that would usually hit enough 
in the window before the move comes out to break it. Whereas other characters couldn't do that. Oh, or you could just do super, super breaks it as well. But um, but Chun Li had those two extra options, and neither of them are particularly. Um, yeah, I like, think oh, Ken can break. They're not Ken can break at the. I think like if you do a certain combo and then follow up with a dragon punch, it breaks. Ken's, Ken's, Ken's DP. Yeah. Ken's overdrive DP can break it. Yeah, hmm. I couldn't find anything with Kimberly. She's got a free hit target combo, which I think <clears> is probably what you use. But I never got. A, I never got the chance to do it. There was a video I saw of Jury just doing uh, three lights. Yeah, just tap 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 tap, and yeah. it broke it. That'll do it. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, if you tap fast enough, it, but yeah, I've yeah. Seen it, the, without getting way too complicated into it as well, but I don't know if you guys saw like the frame data this morning that some guys like basically ripped all the frame data from it. It's it's this is why you can't really talk about whether the game is good or bad or whether the systems are good or bad or anything because basically, I've never seen this before in a fighting game, but all of the normals are minus. There's no plus frames on any normal button at all. So if you throw out any normal button, you're always minus. The idea being, if you want to put real pressure on them, you have to use drive rush. Because that's the only. Because I didn't realize this, but when you use drive rush, it gives the moves different. Pro- it gives the moves different properties. So that's how you get your plus frames. If you yeah. want to get, if you want to gain <coughs> plus frames, you have to burn meter for it. So. It's yeah. It's there's a few things like that. Um, I don't know how that's gonna. Don't know how that's gonna shake out yet, though. Like that's that's very interesting. That like there's gonna at the if you want to get good at this, you've got to master drive rush and sort of drive rush. Basically, lets you dash forward after any cancelable normal attack. So like Ryu's got crouching medium kick, and you can cancel it to fireball. You've been able to do that since fucking day one. Now that cancelling me- that crouching medium kick because it's a cancelable normal, he can dash forward afterwards and do another crouching medium kick. Whereas previously they wouldn't combo because it changes the frame data on them, and that's what drive rush is all about. And that seems to be the thing that a lot of people are looking at. Yeah, I was watching a lot of videos. Like um, I was trying to pick up stuff for Ken. And I see some of the experts doing it, and I was like, "Hang on, that shouldn't work." But drive rush is a thing, and yeah, well, it's it... yeah. There's 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 two types. There's three types of frame data you need to learn mm. because of that. That's that's why what you're saying is the case. Is there's normal frame data, there's frame data after a drive rush, and there's frame data when you're in burnout. So if you burn all of your meter <laughs> up when you're in burnout, if you get hit, you take more block stun. So this is where it gets interesting. You know what I just said about um, about frame data being all negative? I think when you're in burnout, you, you, it actually becomes all positive because they take the extra stun from it. And that's when you can start putting on your frame traps and stuff because they're going to be stunned for longer. So you can start shaking things up a little bit more. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not yeah, going to worry too much I, about this stage. Sorry, go on. Go on. Yeah, I don't, yeah, sorry. I don't have the expertise to do these combo follow-ups so, so like you were saying that you could use drive impact to follow into a combo i can't do that but what you can i can do is i think it's great because you've got that couple it gives you like basically a couple seconds to reorient and then like you can follow that up with a super or, or a critical and that for me is like works wonders because like having that extra time just to like register it because it's so hard like when you're under pressure it's really hard to get a super out so yeah. I think people keep, keep seeing when I because I played Chun that like I think people see me flying around doing the his, his shoe because I'm trying to do her fucking critical. It's not registering, right? Instead. 
So, but yeah, but how, when you get the drive impact, and then that just frees you up to like, all right, now I'm gonna like. They tried the, that in five with the crush counter. That was the whole point of crush counter. I mean, I know that obviously, it be, you know, like any mechanic in any fighting game, <coughs> eventually it kind of gets changed up by the um by the pros. But the original point of crush counter and V trigger activation, you where you know where it freezes time when you do a V-trigger activation, and when you hit them on a crush counter. The whole point of a crush counter was meant to be, they do the big dragon punch punish, right? They've flown up the screen, and you've blocked it. Now, in Street Fighter 2, if that happens, when they land, you have to then do the combo. And apparently, you know, like newer players, they kind of freak out, and they can't get the, you know, the heat of the moment. The whole point was, you press your crush counter button, and it goes, and it freezes up time for you to then go, right. Now I do the combo that I've been practicing. That was the point of it. But Drive Impact seems to have sort of done that better, and it's a bit more visually clear. Yeah. Um, mm. But I think you that's definitely get more time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I could react to it as well. Is that like, it's, like it's not like, it's not like they're just doing like a punch. It's like the entire screen fills with graffiti. <laughs> and I was just like, the second I saw that, it's like, you try and go for it. To me, it was just like trying to take a throw. Sometimes you're a little bit late and you get hit by it. And that's life. You know, you, I mean, the amount of times I've said, fuck off, I take that, I swear. Like, that is, it is what it is. It's the same with that. I was like, fuck off, I swear I did drive impact. And then you look at the tapes and you did, but you did it too late. Then get, you know, you can practice that. You can, you know, it's one or two things. You either get better at reading your opponent or you drill your reflexes which you could do in training mode i don't know i didn't i i'm, I'm like i say i'm in your i'm in more in your camp i don't really have a problem with it but i've seen a few legitimate complaints this morning about how it might dictate the pace of the game a little bit and i could i could potentially see that but i did one thing i didn't use a massive amount was the parry which is more fool me because the parry is the best way to sort of gain meter and watching the pros play on uh, last <clears> night they were using it all the time. And that's when I realized, ah, okay, I'm not playing this probably. Yeah. And it also counts as drive impact. It does count as drive impact, yeah. It's almost like well, what, people, what I noticed people were doing a lot was they'll do medium light, medium light, try and spam that to catch you off. And then they'll go immediately into drive impact afterwards. But like, yeah. if you're already parrying and they're just drive impact, oh, I've, I've parried it again. Yeah. And they just keep falling for it. And if you get a perfect parry, you get that slowdown again, which is really nice. Yeah. And perfect parry is, yeah, you, it actually makes you plus three. So you can basically do a combo. So mm. the only thing that I did think was a bit bullshit about perfect parry, and again, I think this will change, is I didn't realize this until like later on in the beta. But if you do a perfect parry and then do a combo afterwards, the combo is super scaled for damage, really, really heavily scaled, more okay. than you get for a drive impact counter. And I was a bit like, they need to switch that because perfect parry, you've got to be accurate to two frames for some perspective, people out there, that's two <coughs> frames of animation, right? So that's two sixtieths of a second. Everyone out there who sees that Daigo parry video, yeah, the famous Evo moment 30, whatever is it, 37, mm. where Daigo parries, <coughs> excuse me, all of Justin Wong's Chun-Li super in, in third strike, the, Parry window for each hit is 10 frames. Okay? So, it's five times easier to do what Justin Wong was doing there than it is to do a perfect parry. Sorry, Justin Wong. What Daigo was doing there than what it is uh, um, to do a parry in... in A perfect parry, even, in um, Street Fighter Six, And you don't get rewarded for the damage. 
Someone did that over the weekend, actually. There was they a video did, I saw, uh, yeah. yeah. That's even weirder, because every perfect parry was slowed down, so it was like, ching, yeah, ching. And then, I was like, wow, that is... It's impressive, but that's some slow... Uh, yeah. <laughs> some yeah. slow gameplay. I thought they'd be able to like interrupt it once you interrupt a combo once you perfect parry. But like I've I try, I got a couple of perfect parries and like it, I think it's trickier to actually follow up because <laughs> I I think even the, I think the pros did that and even that even then like some of them didn't manage to like follow up on an actual counter. I got all right with it because I basically figured <laughs> out quite quickly that um, Kimberly's standing medium punch into heavy punch target combo fits after a perfect parry. So. <laughs> I was always ready to because one of the buttons you press to do a perfect parry is medium punch. It's medium punch and medium kick together. So I knew that if I see that blue flash, just press medium punch straight away, and then I can target combo from it. So I actually managed to get a little bit of success out of it from that, which was quite cool. Yeah. But um, I just realized I, just, I realized that you, ha- you can actually parry with the left trigger as well. You can, yeah. If you're using a pad, you can parry with the left trigger. Yeah, with a pad. I, I had to start using that for the drive cancels because I, well, I so Ken the first one that I learned with Ken is if you do a standing heavy and then you, you can drive cancel that quite easily into another standing heavy but, and because it yes. changes the properties it, that then combos into his uh, chin buster yeah and then uh, and that feels easy to do by doing the uh, just using the two uh, mediums yeah on the pad as normal but then I found out you could do it off of his crouching medium yeah and I couldn't get it to work. It's really hard to do that off crouching medium because I was I saw James Chen tweet about this today. He did some testing and it has to be forward, forward. There's no input shortcut. There's no input leniency because if mm. there was, you'd get it accidentally all the time when you're trying to go from like crouching medium to fireball or something like that. So yeah. in order for it to work, it has to be forward, forward. So... I was chatting with someone this morning about it, and I was talking about how I'm finding hit confirming really easy from one hit, and they were like, bollocks, that's not true at all. And I was like, well, what are you trying to do? And they were like, I'm trying to do it from like, you know, like Ryu, crouching medium kick, hit confirm. It's, there's too much going on. I wasn't able to do it. And it's because in order to do the drive rush from crouching medium kick, you have to press down a medium kick. And then when you see it hit, you have to re- let the stick go to neutral and then tap forward, forward. And if there's any other direction in there, you don't get the drive rush. Whereas what I was doing is I was just pressing standing medium kick. So I wasn't even pressing a direction at the time. I was just pressing standing medium kick. And it meant that if I saw it hit, I just double tap forward on the pad or the stick that I was using. And it was easier because I wasn't holding another direction. And that's why I've seen a lot of um, Guile players. You can cancel his uh, big straight that he does, that big fucking guile straight right that he does but that's that's back and heavy punch and i didn't see anyone drive you can it's cancelable but i never saw anyone do a drive rush from it because it's really hard to go back and heavy punch neutral forward forward and then combo afterwards but i saw loads of guiles doing that you know his standing heavy punch just the neutral heavy punch that big overhead i saw loads of people doing that and then seeing it hit and then dashing forward a bit because they don't have to hold down another button so it looks like yeah, with Chunli, with the sorry, with Ken's crouching medium, it was the same with um, Kimberly. You could do her crouching medium punch, and then do a drive rush off that. But I, in training mode, I was like, "Man, this is tight. It's really hard to get to work." I could get it to work eventually, but that was when I found out. Oh no, you have to basically go crouching medium punch, neutral, 
forward forward you can't slide up to it because it otherwise you you know it you'd end up getting other moves or you'd end up getting random drive rushes when you didn't want them so it's very very tight on the directions you got to press mm. so practice basically <laughs> this thing I don't even know if I'm going to you know stick with Ken I mean I've already looked at the roster Mm. Uh, the the official release roster and I'm like well I know which characters I'm going to gravitate towards mm. um, you know Cammy number one yeah and I'm very interested in DJ because I loved playing him in four mm. like don't ask me why it's a random character that I never thought I'd be into but DJ is great uh, especially when they in the Omega mode they made him a Shoto input yeah yeah uh, they did he was wild. I think they're going to keep that that was wild I think it wild after that I think they're going to keep that they did D- DJ got done so dirty in Street Fighter in Ultra Street Fighter 4 this is the best way to describe DJ in Ultra Street Fighter 34 he had a move right a kick that forced a crouching opponent to stand but for some reason the move didn't hit crouching opponents hmm. <laughs> and that's in the game right now that is they never patched it out it was it was added it was added to the game in the final patch and never fixed so if you play Ultra Street Fighter 4 now, DJ has got a move that doesn't hit crouching opponents, which if it was able to, would force a stand state. Fucking stupid. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, um, speaking of the roster, actually, I don't know if anyone saw it over the weekend. So um, normally what, hap- well, what happened with Street Fighter 5 is um, when the beta came out, everyone hacked it and you could play training mode offline. In, with those function with that functionality for a couple of weeks, it was pretty cool. That's not going to happen this time because everything was kind of done server side. So unless the the hackers know something we don't, we're probably not going to get to do it, play a dodgy version of it. But did you see that they data mined uh, some of the commentary from the game? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, this is, mate, this is fascinating. Um, so they found in the file loads of vicious's commentary for every oh. character. Okay. And basically, one of the cool things that this told us is if you start the game up and it's a character's birthday and you pick that character, it actually has Vicious going like, today is, you know, Chun-Li's birthday, and then gives you a little bit of a fact file about them. But the rest of the commentary, like let's just take Ryu, for example, was going things like Hadouken, Dragon Punch, you know, normal shit that you'd hear in every single game with commentary ever. But there's also all the kind of, like, flavor lines. So you'd get stuff like, you know, this Ryu is using fireballs to control the range, right? But what that meant is there was loads of this uh, flavor text for characters that haven't been released and characters we don't know about. And honestly, listening to these files, you can glean so much information about these characters. So I'll tell you up front. Cammy sounds like Cammy, right? You know, there's the commentary for all the moves in there, you know, like, you know, fucking what's it called? The annoying knuckle back fist and stuff like that. I forgot. Like, all of the Cammy yeah. moves are in there. It sounds like Cammy. The, the way that the commentator's sort of talking about, like, you know, like, <clears throat> you know, the aggression and, you know, the way that she's kind of pushing forward and stuff like it sounds like Cammy, right? Same with Honda. Like, Honda sounds like Honda. Not, again, it's cool. Nothing fun to report. But Lily. Lily was the first one to come out, right? And she's uh, rumoured to be... Because basically, it's, it's Street Fighter and there's no other Native Americans in Street Fighter. So she's rumoured to be part of T-Hawk's family, basically. We don't know what the situation is. But no, like it's straight up saying, like just like her dad, and stuff like that in the commentary. And if you listen to the moves list, they're obviously going like Condor Spire. You know, like all of those voice things are in the game. But also, all of T-Hawk's command grab names are in there 
So like Mexican Typhoon Mm. is in there. So it's like, hang on a minute, isn't she meant to be the smallest character in the roster? But she could do Mexican Typhoon. But then you also hear um, Vicious saying stuff like, um, oh, she's charged up her wind gauge. So she's obviously got some kind of additional thing. So people are now putting together this thing in their head that this tiny character probably can't do a Mexican typhoon and whip someone around by the head like her dad could. But maybe she uses like the power of wind or something to like whip them around and slam them down. Okay. So she's still a grappler because she's got some kind of gauge attached to it. And that's like, there's loads of stuff like that's in these, in these voice files that makes you go, okay. Cause I'm really interested in Manon and cause she was described in the league as female able. And the first thing you hear in it is, Something like um, she goes. It goes part judo, part ballet, all style. It's Manon, and I was like, "All right, here we go." And all of the commentary is like, "Manon throws the opponent to the sun." Manon grabs the opponent. The computer goes, <laughs> "Player two is terrified of the grab," and I'm just like, "Yes!" And then it starts saying like, "Manon's metal gauge has gone up, making the throws more dangerous." And there's even one part, there's <laughs> even one part where it says like wow. the player shouldn't be scared of raising the metal gauge because it it's it lasts between rounds. And I was just like, oh my god, they've done it. They've given it to me again. They've given me a momentum based grappler where it sounds like the more grabs you land, the stronger the grabs get. And I'm celebrating just, like her angle with his grapplers. She's got Crap a medal. Pain in my life. <laughs> yeah, she's got a medal gauge where it sounds like you, you, basically you can do something to raise the medal gauge, whatever that is. It's probably a move. It's probably you know like an install or something like. That. But basically, the higher this medal gauge is, the stronger the command grabs are. But that's all gauge from like these commentary files that leak. But there's loads of stuff like we know all the name of like Zangief's moves. He's got a he's got a move called the Russian handshake, which sounds like Greenhand is back. Oh, if Greenhand's back, then Geef's going to be a problem. So like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Like they, they all, uh, and I just I thought it was quite funny that the guy who leaked it, he did like a Twitter thread on all of them, and um, the first person to reply to the Twitter thread was just was vicious himself, saying like, "Thanks for this. I am now getting lots of people messaging me about X character." <laughs> um, you have to link me to that. I will do. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I suppose since you mentioned it, like, what did you think of the commentaries? I, I had them on the whole time. I loved great. them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely love them. Were you just Vicious and did you have Vicious and James? I had Vicious and James Chen on the last day. I changed it up to um, Tasty Steve and James Chen just for a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit different on the last day. But um, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely love them. Um, I think the easiest way to describe why I like them is if I play a wrestling game right now. I want the commentary on because when I watch wrestling on TV, part of the broadcast is the commentary. Like if I play an old wrestling game and I haven't got Jim, you know, Jerry the King Lawler screaming about puppies, then that ain't then that ain't a wrestling game, right? In the same way that if I played FIFA, I would ex- FIFA now looks like you know they've changed all the branding to make it look exactly like Sky Sports Premier League coverage. So if I had all of the branding to make it look exactly like the, the football that I watch on the telly. And they didn't have the commentary. I'd be like, "Well, hang on a minute, this doesn't feel right." I watch more competitive Street Fighter than caring about the characters and story mode. If that makes any sense, I like Street Fighter's backstory. I am a fan of the characters. I like all of that stuff. But I would say I'm more a fan of the competitive side of things than I am the lore and character side of things. <clears throat> so when I'm playing Street Fighter at home. I kind of want the commentary on because that's part of the 
like that's part of what I consider Street Fighter to be these days. So I really enjoyed it. Like I, I thought it was really. And tell you what was really useful. Um, there's, there's a whole. I mean, this is not really my place to say because I don't. I don't need to use them. So I'm probably not the right person to say whether they're good or not. There's apparently a massive host of like accessibility options in Street Fighter um, Six, um, mm. which after speaking to uh, someone, um, a lad called Sightless Combat, I spoke to him years ago um, about because he plays Killer Instinct. Um, He's blind, and he plays the game pretty successfully. It's because Killer Instinct has a lot of noise cues for things like jumps and stuff, whereas Street Fighter V doesn't have this. But there is a guy out there, um, Blind, Vo- Blind Warrior Sven. The, um, he's, he's, uh, he's Dutch, um, and he is in like the high ranks. He's like Diamond, or like further up rank. He's like pretty high-ranked Street Fighter player, and he's blind, plays Ken. I've played him once, and I'm not going to lie to you. I beat him, and the reason why I beat him is because he did an interview. At t- he went to a tournament once, and he did pretty well in the tournament. And they interviewed him at the tournament because they were like, "This is nuts. This guy can't fucking see, and he's beating people." But one of the things he said is, "He goes, oh, I, I have real difficulty dealing with cross-ups because I can't hear what side. I can hear a jump, but I can't hear what side the jumps go in." So I, when I played him, he came up online on ranked, and I was like. I remember that interview where he said he can't deal with cross-ups, so I just fucking crossed him up the whole time. Which, which is... <laughs> look, with any cost is what I'm saying here. But, um, but, in the, but in the accessibility settings, you can now tell it to tell you what side the jump's on. So he's going to be reacting to the sound. Now, it's no good to you and I, because we're going to see it visually well before the sound comes up. But there's lots of stuff like that in it in the game where they've clearly decided to take into consideration less able players. It's all very, very cool. I don't need that stuff. But do you know what was handy for me? Every now and again, the commentary said, well, it was vicious specifically in the commentary going, if player one uses an EX move, he's going to hit a burnout state. And I was like, all right, fuck, that's my, <laughs> that, that's my, me- that's my message to wind it in a little bit. You know, like I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. That it gives me a little heads up that I shouldn't, shouldn't fuck around anymore. Yeah. My 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 favorite little thing is that you can tweak it. Um, you can toggle it so that the commentary oh, is, in, is like in your favor. Yeah. So like it, they'll, they'll they'll be rallying for you, and if you lose, it'll be like, oh, don't worry. You know, you you do better. You learn next time, yeah. and all that. I saw stuff. that as well. Yeah. You could yeah you could literally just say biased commentary on or off, <laughs> and you can just have them constantly go like ah like if you lose, they don't give the other guy props. They're like ah, you know, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> So you could just turn straight up, turn on biased commentary. I had it on like neutral. I didn't try the biased commentary option, but I, like again, I thought it was. Do you know what's really cool about it? So I, I captured a bunch of footage and I put it up online. And when I put it up online, it looks like proper street, like competitive Street Fighter footage because it's got commentary over it. I, I I really liked it. I know loads of people who hated it. They couldn't they turned it off straight away. Never going to use it. I thought it was brilliant. I really. I know it's it's far more in depth than I thought. It repeats. Within a few mm. games, you start hearing the same things, but fuck it. What else is there to talk about in commentary? I mean, you're going to hit the hit it eventually, but I mean, I do. I did love the fact that James Chen's like saying, "Oh, well, it looks like his time the lab paid off." It's like, what lab? I don't use training <laughs> mode. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, always like it's fun stuff. James Chen was definitely sleeping on this joke for about six months as well, but um, someone captured it when he was streaming. Um, James Chen has a bit of commentary where he just goes, that was a stressful round and I'm not even playing. And um, he, he was playing it on his stream and that commentary line came up and he just went like, James, I am playing. And I was just like, oh man, he's been saving that on for weeks. 
he's been waiting to deliver that one on his stream. But yeah, it, it was. I thought it was quite cool. Just watching James Chen play, commentate on his own commentary, I thought it was a nice touch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, same with the bias commentary. Like the thing with the customization is that oh, I love how it's all tailored to what you see or what someone else gets to see. Because like, was it people always complain about like ranked matches being just training mode and it's like boring to watch? But now, like, was it because they um, didn't they do like a cover a mod hack where in Street Fighter Five you, ca- you yeah the two players can be in training mode, but actually it broadcasts so you get an actual stage. So it's the same thing now with Street Fighter Six. You pick your level and you get the level you want. The other player will get to see something else. The spectator will see something yep. else. And uh, I can't believe how many people gave a shit about that. Like, don't get me wrong; it's a cool thing. It, it's it's definitely a really really cool thing. But I just so first thing in the morning it was like eight in the morning. I played Gary, and I had he was streaming, so I put his stream on so I could hear what he was saying about me, and I was playing it on my other screen, so I had them side by side. And I noticed it. I was like, like I lost, and I went over to look at watch watch his stream. And when I watched it, I went, "That's a different stage." And then I, I messaged him saying, "Like, don't do anything at the start of the next round. I'm gonna take a photo." And he was. I heard him on his stream. What the fuck's he talking about? He wants to test something. So I took that screenshot and posted it online. And like, it like don't get me wrong, it is a cool thing, but six thousand likes. Just under one thousand retweets and fuckloads of quote tweets. Yeah, two hundred and thirteen quote tweets, and every single one of them was someone saying like, "This is really cool." Like, yeah, I, I click it now straight away. We killed the grid. Now I don't have to play stages with lacks of personality. Godlike. Let's go. I'll never see the grid again. The grid is dead. No longer forced to stare at boring ass training stage. Damn. What else is this game going to be able to do? Like, I've never had something go semi-viral. That was 100% positivity, right? Everyone was like, this is fucking incredible. And I was just like, it's just a fucking background. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. I just couldn't believe how many people were like, it was like a release of tension. People were like, oh my God, finally. I couldn't believe it. I mean, one thing that is kind of interesting about it is it definitely shows that they have uh, complete confidence that none of their stages will cause latency. Because that was the reason why the grid was chosen is like because they knew that there's fuck all going on on it, like like one of the for example turtles tournament fighters even offline if you go to a turtles tournament fighters uh, tournament and they're playing on hardware on the snes you're only allowed to use two of the stages because all the other ones <laughs> cause the snes to lag. One of the things that they've added in the Kawabunga collection because it's running on a PS5 is the ability to play all stages in tournament mode because they know that they don't lag anymore nice touch but that's always in every street fighter game there's been some stages where you're like probably don't use that one because it you know it's got a bit too much going on this obviously shows that they are completely confident and no player is going to have a detrimental experience regardless of what stage they yeah. choose i think that's also when you can also change like how crowded a stage is as well i thought that so. was for single player mode i was trying to figure that out myself there's one option it says i think there's the option in I mean, it was the option in that in that mode. So I think like it must be like, yeah, you get less. I get. I think I think that's probably your personal preference. Then whether you're not whether or not that's going to be a distraction mm. for you or yeah. I'll have to check. The other person might be able to see it. So. That's a good point. That is a good point. I think yeah, maybe there's like a simplified stage mode or something like that. That's a 
Yeah, because I saw that setting, and because it said about crowd detail, my head didn't go to the stages. My head went to world tour mode, like how many people are in the streets. So you can either have it super busy, like a Hitman stage, or like super empty, like day one Cyberpunk, where it was yeah. just the streets were a fucking ghost town. Like I thought maybe yeah. it'd be like that. I but mean, if they, had that, if they had that mode in, yeah, if they had it You're in the right, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'm being yeah. stupid. That mode wasn't in the beta, so why would they, offer, why would they have that setting? Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah, maybe you can just like tow down the stages and get that. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, just to sort of like try and bring things to some sort of close. The the thing which I can't really get my head around is the fact that um this is a the first hands-on public beta. So there's been hands-on plays with, you know, at various trade events and stuff like that, but this is the first time it's gone out to like mass people playing online, you know, netcode involved. We're seeing the lobby system for the first time. I don't think, like, even in this state with, like, what, six characters and one lobby that you go into, I can't think of a fighting game that's been first shown this polished. Mm. Like, 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 if they released it tomorrow, it, you know, people would be pissed because there's a lack of content. But, like, it's certainly not a bad game, even in its current state. Like, absolutely, yeah. you know, it's well worth anyone's time, even in its current. I mean, there's going to be an open beta soon, I would assume. But, mm. like, well, what, yeah, and once they put all the other content in, it's like it's going to justify it, justify its full price. Mm. So. If you're talking, if you're talking release schedule, like the first things first, they've got to reveal the rest of the cast. Yeah. So, because um, people, people talk about release dates, I see, and they were saying, oh, how far off we do you reckon? It's like someone someone threw out like February, and I was like, I don't think this will be released in February. I do you know what the I only reason why to, I'm I thinking it has to be March by latest. See, right here's here's my here's why I'm sticking by February. <clears> right, I'm <throat> I'm sticking by it. I'm putting my putting my name on the February flag. Right, <clears throat> all other Street Fighter games were February. Right, yeah. Capcom have got Resident Evil in March. <clears throat> Resi Four has oh, confirmed yeah. for March, and I think February is either just after or just before Evo Japan. And it ain't going to make Evo Japan, right? So you want to be releasing it probably just after whenever Evo Japan is, and then build to Evo. This is the reason why I think we're going to get it sooner rather than later, is they've basically already said that Street Fighter VI is the the Street Fighter game at Evo 2023. And that's the summer. You can't be releasing it in fucking <laughs> July and then doing Evo mm. in August. That's just it's not it's not happening. So yeah, they better get those characters revealed. Then. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that the, the characters that, that are still to be revealed are going to come thick and fast. They're all going to yeah. be in batches. I mean, part yeah, of the reason why they're going to be in something. Yeah, part of the reason they're going to be in batches as well is so they can just slip Zangief in with with a few others. There's no like he's not going like you know how like all of them have had like big cinematic trailers. I imagine whatever they had planned for Zangief's cinematic trailer has been changed radically due to the current global events. Um, so oh, yeah. I can see them slipping Geef in with like other characters. And if they're doing, I mean, like the the last trailer they did, they showed Ken, and everyone went, "Oh wow, Ken!" And then immediately they went, "Oh, and here's Honda, Dalsim, and Blanca as well." I, I, it'll be something like that again. They'll show one character who's like the flagship, and then immediately go, "Oh, and here's a bunch of others," because they got they got to get a fucking move on. There'll be an open beta early next year, and then I think we're good to go. 
I, re- I do. I do genuinely think it's going to hit February. It just makes. Sense. I, hope, I hope so. Like, I, yeah, I yeah. Obviously, like we all hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's the other thing. We've seen it now. We know what it's like. Yeah. Trying to play yeah. Street Fighter Five, and I'm just like, oh no. I have, I have one disappointing thing which makes me sad, which and is... that is Akuma not being in that release roster. Yeah, he's DLC by the looks of it. Yeah, but... well, they they know which side their bread's buttered based on that. I think like he was DLC in. He was first first name on the DLC sheet in Street Fighter Five. Because he was first, he was second. He was second batch, though. Yeah, second batch. But you knew you knew that they they look at that DLC and just go, "We need characters that are going to sell DLCs." Akuma, yeah. he's not. He's first name on the DLC list, like straight yeah. away. Like he, they're never going to sell him. They're ne- they're never going to give him away for free. One thing that I did I find they, quite. I wonder if they're gonna. I wonder if they are gonna like sell sell characters as DLC or not just make him a free update. Because I feel like with all the cosmetic stuff in the shop and stuff maybe they should just make the money from cosmetics and yeah here's what i think they're going to do with that if the dlc characters are going to be free which i think is incredibly unlikely i think season you'll buy all the characters still you'll buy them as a block but if they are going to be free okay and this also feeds into why the beta was the battle hub right if you pay 70 quid and buy your game you know whether it be digital or boxed you get World Tour Mode, the Battle Hub, and the Fighting Grounds. If you... I think that the Battle Hub, on its own, just the Battle Hub, just the like, just what we saw this weekend, will be released free to play. Just the Battle Hub. So you make an avatar, you go in, you can only pick a certain amount of characters, okay? So it'll probably be the World Warriors, the, the classic eight, yeah? So if you want any of the others, you've got to pay for them. All the cosmetics are paid for, and even, I would even say, you know the arcade cabinets where you can play fucking Final Fight and stuff like that? They cost you points too. Everything is monetized in there. Everything is a microtransaction if you get the free-to-play version. But if you buy it, all of that stuff you can just use. Maybe there'll be the odd cosmetic that you can pay for extra. But if they're going to make the characters free, they're going to need to make a lot of money elsewhere. And I, the only way I see them making that money elsewhere is if the entire battle hub is free-to-play. And they can get people in that way, but I think that's why they did the beta test on just the battle hub. I think that that element of just the arcade cabinets is going to be free to play. So you can still sit on a cab and do training mode, but if someone shows up and plays you, you got to play it, right? Whereas we, who bought the game, will be able to just go into training mode in the fighting grounds and you know do what we want. But I think that I can see there's elements in there to release the battle hub as a separate thing. Like completely detached, it'll just be called the Street Fighter Six Battle Hub, and it'll be a free to play thing. hundred um, percent, that's going to happen. If not at launch, at some point during its lifespan, that'll be released. It's good, and it'll be good for the game as well because not only is it an extra revenue stream. If you're one of the people who's like less good at the game but you enjoy the game, one of the things I always say about Street Fighter is you should always you're doing fine as long as you lose to the people you're supposed to lose to but you beat the people you're supposed to beat occasionally you'll come up against someone who you're like this guy's not on my level and you lose to it that's not good you need that's when you need to start practicing but the thing is though when you're quite low down the pecking order you don't get many of those people that you're supposed to beat but you know how after evo or some big fighting game tournament or some announcement there's this sort of moment where you see everyone on twitter going oh, i want to play fighting games i want to play fighting games but then they see how much it costs and they don't want to get pumped online for 50 quid they don't bother playing it Whereas now, those people can go, oh, I want to play fighting games. And you know they're only going to play it for a week. They can just download this free client, buy a fucking hat for Ryu, 
and then get absolutely toasted by even people who aren't so good at the game, but they stuck with it. And it gives those people who stuck around a bit of a boost. It keeps a nice bit of fresh blood pumping into the game. And if one of those people sticks around and thinks, I'm going to buy the characters because I want to play as someone else, that stuff starts to add up. So I can see the Battle Hub being free, but just the Battle Hub. You're not going to get any of the other stuff. Hang on. All right. There we go. Sorry. I thought it was about to crash again, but it wasn't. Um, yeah. So do you guys have any like final things to say about your time on the beta? Um, let's see. I woke up early today, so <laughs> I did go in for one more. Oh, right. <laughs> a few more rounds. And then I sat down with a player who was based in Australia hmm. in the in the Europe server. And like it's got the uh, the. Dis- collection displays red which is like a red flag flag oh this is gonna be a fucking slideshow and you know what it was fine it was stable i played like several matches and it was like that's how that's how fucking good the netcode is compared to like you know street fighter 5 this is like it's amazing so and this is like how it is at launch like this is like gonna be the best online fighting game ever yeah no i like i also had that thing i played a few people and they were clearly from a long way away. And the highest ping I, I think the highest ping I saw was like in the three hundreds. And they were, I think they I think they actually were Australia. I think they were Australia, this person I played. And I wouldn't say it was ideal, but I wouldn't say it was unplayable. Now mm-hmm. that tournament, that reversal.gg thing that happened last night, Problem X played Idom. Idom's what? New York, isn't he? New York, yeah, I think Idom's based in New York. And Problem X, obviously, based in the UK. Now, that's not as far as someone from, you know, the West Coast to New York, you know, London. But there's no way that... There's no way Problem X or Idom, as players of that level, would put pride on the line to play each other if they knew the netcode was going to be fucking unplayable. But they played, and they had a good set. Like, the netcode is fucking really good. But I just think that... you you got to be looking at Street Fighter 6 and going, shit, man, we got to make sure that we're at least this when we make our fighting game. You got anything, Nick? Yeah, I mean, say, I, I'm, I'm just more solidified in my convictions that Street Fighter 6 really is going to be, I think, the one to bring everyone together. Um, <laughs> to unify you know, the world. <laughs> yeah, to unify, to, to solve, you know, world, world peace or whatever. Um, but it, it's... After seeing what they've done with it, I mean, the Battle Hub is, like you said earlier, it's fantastic. And it brings back that old school feel of going to an arcade Mm. and hanging around with some friends and just, you know, playing some games, you know, or or standing at the side and emoting like idiots for 20 minutes and (laughs) taking pictures and going to the shop and dressing up in random clothes. You know, there's there's so much to it. Mm. And if you don't want any of that, fine. You don't have to have any of that. There's There's an entirely separate mode that you can go and just do the serious stuff in, which is fine. Or you can... It, it, the world is for everybody, and that's what I really like about Street Fighter Six. I think it's... Uh, yeah. There's there's definitely an element of that, which is... That, that I'm not seeing fully. Because like I said right at the start, I look at the Battle Hub stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I like it. It's very. I'm, I am enjoying it. I think it's definitely worthwhile. But do I mm. see myself using it a lot when I can just play people? But the reality is, it's like, no, there's, like, 
like there's a lot of people out there who just want to fuck around and that's why they're buying it and like mm. that's just as valid as me wanting a grind sets in training mode like it's the same you know yeah. it, if, as long as they're playing it they're playing it that's part of the thing here and i think that like street fighter and the, the fighting game community in general has to kind of accept that for everyone who is just wanting to watch the pro tour and play endless matches long sets there are people out there who like they like street fighter because they like the artwork or they like the story or they like you know they they contribute to the fighting game community because they make those fucking Perlaby models. You know what I mean? Like of the artwork of the characters. And that's, that's just as valid as someone who is a top player. And street fighter six does look to try and offer something for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Like creative people are doing mad stuff with the character creator. Single player people are just going to mess around with world tour and probably never touch the battle hub. You know, I saw like Max, like all the content he's put out, like of the Battle Hub. He's someone who understands the needs of the hardcore and the casuals very well. Like he's very much, mm-hmm. he, he can very much exist in the lines. Why he's, he's why he's the biggest? It's because he seems to be able to understand both worlds very, very well. And like for every video that he put out of like cool sets that he was playing, where he was doing badass stuff and he made it to like diamond rank and shit. There would be a video of just like loads of people in the lobby like clapping him, and they've all all of them look stupid. And like, I think that there's, yeah, you're right. I think it is probably going to bring all of these elements together, and hopefully they all stick around. The, the, the most important aspect of that is in its training mode, which seems to be designed for Mister Joe Average that yeah. maybe doesn't know anything about fighting games. Say, so this is where you start. This is how you train. We even have frame data here for you to try and understand that mm. and get better at it. And from what I understand, I don't know if I, if, if I imagine this or not in pictures, but I see there's going to be some more detailed tutorials as well for how to actually learn how to fight. I heard there was, and I didn't check it. I was mm. chatting to a mate this morning, um, who again, is no expert, and I was talking about how I figured out this like um, little setup that uses a throw. And obviously, because a throw beats wake up, drive impact, wake up parry, and this throw was timed well that it actually beat beat a wake up jab as well. The only way you could basically you beat use this is if you had like an um if you tech the throw, so you guessed right that I was going to throw you, or you did like a wake up dragon punch or something like that, right? So it was a very effective setup. Um, mm. And I was like, I, I was just checking with a few people like, oh, if I do this, will you know, would it work? If I do this, would it work? And, um, you know, a couple of my mates were like, yeah, 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 that sounds pretty watertight. But then one of my guys just went like, it literally tells you that in the training mode. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, like in the, in like, there's like a element of the training mode where you can like, it, it tells you what throws can do. And, you know, I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know that was in the bait. And he was like, yeah, like I found it in one of the menus. It's like, fucking hell, man. I, I spent no time in the menus at all. <laughs> like, there were a lot of menus to be fair. Like yeah. stuff I was still finding out in day two, day three. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually one thing is like there was a, it was they were a little bit messy, but um, I think Capcom were aware of that because they very promptly put out a couple of tweets kind of explaining how to do everything. So I imagine that will change shortly. Um, well, short well before release. I think there's a lot of stuff that will change before release, but that's that's what these are for, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well. Cheers for coming on, guys. Appreciate it. Well, I say coming on. Nick's here by fucking default, but cheers for coming on, Alan. <laughs> um, no, no appreciate it. Um, and um, 
don't know, like there'll be another beta near launch. There's no, there's no two ways about it. There's going to be something else, and they're going to announce more characters. And obviously, it's probably going to be an open beta, so it's going to be a bit of a free for all. But I think we should probably revisit this around the time after that. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to it. Alan, have you got anything you want to plug? Uh, not really. Just um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have a another side hustle or freelancing is what I do. But... Where, where can people find you though if they want to okay, hear your ramblings? Uh, yeah, well, yes. If you want to follow me, I am on Twitter most of the time as the misanthrope. Um, yeah, yep. that's it. That'll do. And uh, finally, just uh, off the top of your head, gun to your head right now, pick a song to play right now as an outro. Jet Set Radio, understand the concepts of love. Done. Boy.